This is VOCM News Talk. Call 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. The views and opinions of this program are not necessarily those of this station. Here's VOCM News Talk host Linda Swain. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Hello, everyone. Richard Duggan in with you this afternoon. Linda is off and on what is... uh, very stormy, wintry day across most of eastern Newfoundland. Uh, the roads are pretty slick, and uh, everything is pretty well shut down. Every Everybody, except for essential workers, uh, are, uh, are home today. Uh, and, uh, yeah, everything is just completely shut down out there. It's a gross old day. And... If you look outside right now, that it's actually kind of uh, rainy, um, but... That is not going to be the way things stay. I spoke with uh, uh, Gander meteorologist uh, or Environment Canada meteorologist David Neal a little while ago and uh, asked him about the lulls, and he said that they are just that lulls. Uh, we will get back to the snow and heavy snow at that uh, in the next little bit, uh, continuing to make uh, driving con- conditions a bit treacherous, uh, not just for tonight, but into tomorrow as well. The snow going to continue to come down. Uh, it's still going to be uh, blustery uh, with with high winds and snow still coming down, so uh, not a nice day uh, on tap weather-wise uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, and uh, I spoke with, again, Environment Canada meteorologist David Neal a little while ago about the weather for an update, and here's what he had to say. David, we were promised a messy day, and we got a messy day. Uh, how are things shaping up over the next couple of hours here? Uh, well, yeah, like you, you mentioned, it's, uh, certainly over the uh, pretty well the, uh, the east, certainly the eastern half of the island, it's been uh, it's been getting quite uh, quite messy there for for a while. We uh, we expect uh, we expect snow really to continue over uh, many of the areas under the uh, under winter storm warning. Still expecting it to uh, continue uh, really through uh, through tonight and into a good portion of the day uh, tomorrow as well. So everything seems to be kind of kind of shaping up as uh, as uh, as we were kind of thinking for the last uh, for the last few days here so now we have been seeing throughout the day periods of uh, I, I guess some lulls in the weather people shouldn't let that give them a, a false sense of security that you know there is more still on the way absolutely there's a, yeah a couple of things to consider there just uh, obviously with the amount of snow that's come down so far uh, St. John's Airport right now reporting uh, 15 centimeters as of uh, uh, 1.30 this afternoon. Just the amount of snow down, uh, really just to give some time for, uh, for for road crews to kind of clear that out. Uh, so still obviously looking uh, looking at some of the cameras around town, around the highways. There's still you know some some fairly uh, snow covered areas. So still not the greatest of driving conditions, even if there is a, a bit of a lull there. And also too, just looking uh, uh, looking at our radar there, we can see another uh, another area of heavier precipitation just offshore making its way towards uh towards the uh, the Avalon uh, peninsula again so it's not you know it's just those those little periods there might be periods where things will let up just a little bit but uh uh but yeah still uh, still expecting the storm to continue for the next uh for the next while so now you touched on it a little bit uh, a few minutes ago uh, St. John's International has recorded 15 centimeters uh, so far what what other kinds of snowfall totals are we seeing so far uh, the only uh, the, uh, the only other one we're seeing at our our stations right now uh, is here at Gander Airport. Uh, currently reporting up to seven centimeters uh, right now. Uh, certainly, uh, there's a good a good amount of snow down here uh, here in Gander. So uh, certainly be uh, keeping an eye on those as uh, those amounts as we keep going through uh, the next uh, 
uh, through tonight and into tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, still see you know seeing some uh, you know snow covered roads and and lots of uh, uh, some some heavier snow starting to uh, starting to come down. So uh, along with the stronger winds, winds uh, in the uh, St. John's metro area have uh, they, they peaked out around uh, close to 80 kilometers an hour a little earlier. Still gusting generally between 60 and 70 right now. Expecting those gusts to 80, really to con- really to continue off and on really through a good portion of tonight as well. Uh, and also here, uh, here, here out, uh, out in Gander, winds are still, still kind of gradually uh, getting up there, but starting to really pick up now. Seeing some gusts to 60, and we expect those to peak out uh, kind of in the 70 to 80 range uh, later this afternoon and into uh, into tonight as well. So the forecast was predicting between 40 and 60 centimeters in total when all is said and done. Are we still uh, on track to to see those amounts? Do you think? Uh, for some areas, you know, we're still um, obviously still really kind of in early stages, even though a, a few a few areas, especially in uh, southern Newfoundland on the Avalon, has been going since uh, since either late last night or early early this morning. Uh, but, yeah, still kind of, you know, early on, we're still expecting uh, to continue to snow, uh, kind of periodic heavy uh, bands of snow really to continue through tonight and uh, through a good portion of the day tomorrow. So just kind of looking at that, looking at what's uh, what's falling and, and what's fallen so far, does you know does look like we're still kind of on on a pace to to get into that range. And I mean, it's a fairly a fairly wide range. We're looking at the the areas across northern Avalon, northeast Newfoundland, generally 40 to 60 uh, over over a couple of days. With some areas possibly getting a little more uh, than that. And as it stands right now, yeah, we've still got tonight to go. Still got uh, a good part of tomorrow as well. Uh, so uh, certainly those amounts still, you know, still uh, could uh, could certainly be uh, realized in some areas. Uh, a lot of people now looking ahead to what is it going to be like when they're waking up tomorrow morning? What what can people expect uh, as they wake up tomorrow? Uh, looking really uh, much much the same. Looking at some pretty uh, pretty good snowfall tomorrow morning. Uh, snow continuing. Uh, winds which today are generally northeasterly. We'll likely be switching around a lot of places to more of a northwesterly, uh, but still maintain, still staying fairly strong. Uh, a lot of gusts anywhere from 60 to 80 kilometers an hour, really all, pretty well across the island uh, at that stage. So uh, certainly people in, uh, in eastern Newfoundland, those areas that are under the winter storm warning, um, especially northeastern Newfoundland, northern Avalon, still going to see some uh, some accumulating snow and some strong winds uh, with the and, and some uh, some areas of uh, blowing snow temperatures uh, further east will probably be a little closer to the freezing marks. You may not necessarily have you know these areas of, uh, of really widespread blowing snow, but just with the snow coming down, the strong winds are still still looking at some um, uh, some visibilities that are going to be quite reduced to poor at times. Uh, the other places uh, along uh, over southern Newfoundland that are under the warning, uh, snow might be uh, lightening up by then, uh, but uh, still some strong winds kicking around, so it still might not be the, uh, a super, super nice morning uh, for those areas either. So still, you know, for, for, uh, for some places, it's going to look kind of pretty similar to what we're kind of seeing, uh, seeing uh, as we speak. So don't go through all your storm chips all at the once today. <laughs> Ration, yeah, absolutely. It's a good idea to to uh, yeah, definitely don't go through them uh, through them all. There's probably uh, looking at a good part of another day to uh, to go yet for uh, for some areas. And there you have it. That's David Neal with the Gander Weather Office, and uh, everything that he just said can pretty much be summed up into it was gross today. 
and it's going to be gross again tomorrow. Uh, going to looking at a, a nasty couple of days here in eastern Newfoundland. Well, speaking of uh, the the snowy and blustery weather, on top of the snow, high tides have hit the shore of Brigus. Uh, Mayor Shares Mercer Jr. says their crews are on standby, but there's nothing of concern just yet. And he spoke with VOCM Sarah Strickland a short while ago. Just tell us what you're seeing in the town of Brigus this afternoon. Oh, nice bit of snow, no snow making, and uh, uh, several high, a bit of a high tide. Yeah, and that tide has come in, and seeing a bit of flooding. Yes, I see a couple of houses. Uh, I know one fellow in particular. I just see it on Facebook that he got a couple of pumps on it, and he do have water every now and then when the tide really gets too high because he was right alongside of the river. Right? So, is there any big concerns in the community at this moment? Uh, no, not right now. All right, good to hear. But crews on the standby. Oh yes, we uh, we have the fire brigade uh, if we need be, and plus the town the town is still a plowing roads as, as of, we speak now. And we did take one one uh, one machine off the road for now till we have two operators, so one will go till five or six o'clock this evening, the other one will come in and go till tomorrow morning, and they'll take turns back and forth. But right now, uh, I just walked over the road, and you know, in pretty good condition right now. Good to hear. I hope it stays that way, and uh, hopefully not too much, because that storm surge could uh, yeah, pretty powerful. Don't. Yeah, I hope we don't get that st- storm surge, because really, I, I, got, I got me boat left out. I'm a fisherman. Uh, that's my full-time employment, right? And uh, uh, really, no place really to put them up now. But uh, I've sat, uh, I know the tide was high this morning, but when I just walked over and checked my boat in, uh, the marks were here, but I've sat the tide higher. There you have it. That's Brigus Mayor Shears Mercer Jr. Uh, we're up against the break now here on News Talk, and when we come back, we'll reflect on the life and career of broadcasting legend Finn Scalant. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. I'm Vince Gallant, VOCM, local news now. And while we received some uh, very sad news earlier today, uh, broadcasting legend uh, Vince Gallant has passed away. He passed away yesterday. And uh, just you know, someone who was really the voice of uh, not just VOCM, but of journalism in the province for many, many, many decades. Um, I had the chance to work with Vince uh, for uh, six months. So I, I got hired here at VO in uh, August of 2018, and then Vince retired in January 2019. And in uh, about that six months or so uh, of a window, I got to work every Saturday and Sunday morning with him. And man, what a learning experience. Uh, it was an incredible to get to pick the mind of one of the best to ever do it uh, in Vince Gallant. And uh, we're going to look back uh, on his career now. And we'll take you back uh, after Vince retired in January 2019. Um, Linda Swain and Brian Medora held a roundtable with Vince just to talk about his life and career Uh, and here's a clip of that now. A lot of stories over the last 60 plus years. You started in 1954, I understand, in Summerside PEI. 250 booming watts of power. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and you're ending your career here at VOCM. Uh, some of the, what are the, some of the highlights, I guess, for you over the last 60 years? That's a lot to remember. It is. I uh, I remember sitting down. I don't know if you were there at the time, Brian. Remember at the old Colony Club? We sat down with the Brian Mulroney's cabinet, with Brian Mulroney, and uh, most yeah. of the cabinet were there. Yeah, it's in the mid-'80s, yeah. 84, I think, yeah. comes to mind. 
Right, we were there, and it's one of those things, you know, you leave your notebooks home, and you do all this stuff and everything else, but there's one thing I do remember about that specifically. Uh, John Crosby, by the way, and Bob Wilson, who was president of the Treasury Board, I think, at the time, or finance minister, federal finance minister, those men, both of those men, they were the brains in that cabinet, there's no question. Brian Mulroney was the figurehead and the most boring man I ever met in my life. He really was, you know. I try to ask, engage him in conversation, and maybe it's because he just didn't give a darn, you know, but, you know, who's this kid? What's he want? Sort of thing, but whatever it was, uh, I try to engage him. I think, you know, that's a really pressure job being Prime Minister of Canada. So, uh, you know, what do you do for relaxation? Uh, uh, well, I have my bicycle, and uh, <laughs> I gave up trying after that. <laughs> but I had some good conversations with Bob Wilson. Uh, John Crosby, I, I still have a lot of respect for. I thought, man, has got a sh sharp wit, and age hasn't dulled it in the least bit. But he, he, John was always good to you. You know, he'd give you his, his comments and that, and he didn't pull punches. He never did. That was a good thing about a politician. There, there was another, uh, another guy, Ed Broadband, when he was head of the NDP. I remember this again was in Montreal years and years ago. But we were at a scrum, and I was, again, a new kid in the bunch. And he was there, and he, somebody asked him a question about something or other. Can't remember what it was, but I, all I remember was he talked at it, over it, under it, and around it, and all it demanded was a simple yes or no. And me, being me and a little dumb, I guess, at the time, asked the same question. And he said, well, I answered that. With all due respect, Mr. Broadbent, you didn't. All it requires is a yes or no. And I finally got a yes out of him. And, of course, when I asked the same question again, all the other guys, the old reporters, some of them, and there was a lot of them there that all they did was take handouts. Well, I couldn't really see that at the time, but... They all turned around and looked at me, but we got the yes out of it. Some things yeah. never change. <laughs> true. <laughs> Having been That's in true. quite a few scrums myself. Yes, absolutely. The, the industry certainly has changed over the decades. Vince, do you recall, uh, I'm not sure before 1980, but during the 80s and, and well into the 90s, there was quite the social interaction yeah. between the various radios well all the media yes, radio stations television was. newspaper we had frequent gatherings tournaments yes. etc and we all knew each other on a first name basis it's uh, somewhat different now it is tremendously unfortunately the competition okay fine competition's great and uh, during your work day but i can't see carrying that competition into your personal life after hours. There's no reason that you should. Uh, working in Montreal in particular, 
that kind of competition goes on a lot in, or did go on at the time in Halifax as well. And, uh, but we didn't have that in Montreal. Guys in the newspaper and uh, everything else. And uh, there was a place called Dainty Moors right across the street from, uh, from CJAD at the time. And we used to go in there after hours, on, uh, not after hours, after work, usually a Friday evening. It was sort of a place where media congregated. There were newspaper reporters, people from uh, GM, CFCF down the street. And uh, by the way, Alec Trevec was working at CFCF then, in those days. And, uh, but we'd go in, and there were, Denny's had a back room. It was a green door at the end of the bar and the back room was sort of not formally but sort of reserved for media people so we'd go in and we'd shoot you know talk uh, talk about the day and various other things and sometimes get a little twit tiddly and that sort of thing but uh we never had that competition, the kind of competition after hours. What we had was respect for each other and enjoyed each other's company. So, sometimes I'm not, to this day, I'm not sure how we even read some of the news copy that we had. Not, not that it wasn't well written, but do you remember the pre-computer oh, days with yes. the yellow canary paper and the typewriter? Absolutely. You'd be reading along nice and smooth-like, and then all of a sudden, XXXXXXX for like yes. two, three and a half lines, and you're, yeah. where am I? <laughs> How did we ever read some of that stuff? How much has, uh, has the actual news gathering changed? over the years and, and the presentation of news. As we were talking about, we used to have the old Telex machines. Mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's gotten better. Mm -hmm. it has, it's, got, it's improved tremendously. Uh, I mean, the computers have really done a major job, you know, in improving it. The access to everything is greater, and therefore the output must be greater. It's just a matter of whoever's doing it taking advantage of it, full advantage of it. You know, another thing, one, the one thing I think that bothers me about broadcasting today is that people, not everybody, mind you, but a lot of newer people come in, and it's a job. Hey, I'm doing the job. You got my hours. Give me my paycheck. And, you know, you're not going to get anywhere doing it that way. Uh, it used to be that broadcasting, journalism, electronic or otherwise, is a career. And that's what it should be. It should be a career. If you want to make money at it and you want to be successful, you got to treat it as a career. But nowadays, and I'm sure you both know this, you'll see a lot of the younger people coming in and they'll do the job, put in the hours, but they never put in any extra. They just don't. I remember when I started and other people along with me that I knew, we'd go in, we'd do our shift, we'd stay, and we'd stay for hours after. I started out as a jock, actually, uh, very young, doing music and reading news, of course, because it was all part of the job, like Brian said earlier. Mm. You do everything. 
when you begin. I remember uh, CJRW, we were a small staff. We all, once a week, and it shifted, we even did a janitorial job. <laughs> Clean the bathroom, swept the floors, and everything else because we didn't have a large enough staff. So one person was designated each week to do that. I remember doing that. <laughs> and there you have it. That's some of that roundtable discussion that was aired back in 2019 between uh, Vince Gallant, Linda Swain, and Brian Medor. Uh, not long after Vince, uh, Vince Gallant announced his retirement from radio and what a career. And, and he mentioned, uh, you know, working hard and putting in the extra effort there. Uh, even I, you know, in, in the six months that I got to work with him, I saw that his shift, you know, he, he was supposed to be here for uh, eight hours on Saturday morning, eight hours on Sunday morning. He would typically show up sometimes two hours early to work and then uh, would stay sometimes a half hour, sometimes an hour after a shift was supposed to end. And that's the way he was right up until the end. Um, and we're going to continue looking back, by the way, on uh, Vince Gallant's career and life as, as we remember him. Again, he passed away yesterday. Uh, VOCM's Brian Medore uh, reached former VOCM news director Jerry Phelan uh, earlier this morning to talk about Vince. We're going to have that coming up on the other side of the break with Noah Shepard. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Your weather for St. John's Metro, rest of the Avalon, Clarenville, Gander, and the Buren Peninsula. Another 10 to 15 centimeters of snow, blowing snow, northeasterlies gusting to 80, low of zero. Tomorrow, another 5 to 10 centimeters, northeasterlies of 60, high of plus one. For Grand Falls, Windsor, and Harbor Breton, 10 centimeters of snow tonight, northerlies of 60, low minus one. Tomorrow, 5 to 10 centimeters of snow, northwesterlies of 50, high of plus one. West Coast, southwest coast northern peninsula flurries tonight northerlies of 40 temperature steady near minus two happy valley goose bay five centimeters of snow northerlies of 40 low of minus seven tonight for labrador west mainly cloudy skies clearing before morning northerlies of 30 low minus 22 and the north coast of labrador partly cloudy tonight northerlies of 50 low minus 12 currently it is zero with a mix of rain and snow in st john's at vocm your next voc News is at 5 o'clock. I'm Noah Shepard. This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM Radio Network. And welcome back to the program. Richard Duggan in with you this afternoon. Linda Swain is off, and uh, we're calling it News Talk, but I guess really today you could replace that name with Storm Talk. Um, <laughs> the eastern half of the province is just completely shut down with this storm, uh, and it, it's it's nasty out there. Uh, there is a little bit of a lull right now where we're seeing some some uh, you know more more rain uh, than snow, but uh, we're told by uh, Environment Canada that uh, that's not going to last for too long. We're going to be back into the snow before long and uh, it's going to be prolonged uh, lasting throughout the rest of the night and into tomorrow morning and actually things really the system not really uh, leaving us until Friday morning so we're, we're in for a prolonged one uh, I've, I've realized before 
uh, or sorry, during the news that I never mentioned that today's Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to anybody that's listening. It's just it's been such a hectic news day and lots going on that it, it completely slipped my mind that today's Valentine's Day. But uh, I guess for, for anyone who's who's a hopeless romantic or uh, anything like that, I guess, you know, a nice stormy day is the heights of, of romance in some people's eyes. So to anybody out there that's celebrating today, happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, and, but, you know, everybody is uh, still locked up, <laughs> you know, due to this storm, unless you're an essential worker and they're out uh, on the roads. And thank you to all that you do uh, if you are one of those essential workers that's uh, out in all of this. Uh, now moving on again, uh, we're looking back and reflecting on the life of Vince Galanta, broadcasting legend and uh, really the voice of VOCM for several decades, uh, died suddenly yesterday. And, you know, I was thinking about Vince throughout the day and he was really and actually I, I listened by the way to one of his old reports that he, that uh, that he did that I was able to get my hands on and just listening to that voice I mean he really was one of the the voices of my childhood you know like I was listening to one of his reports and uh, it just transported me back to being a young kid in my mom and dad's car and they had VOCM on all the time and just hearing that iconic voice he was one of those ones that was just synonymous in my mind with VOCM and just like if you thought of what is the sound of VOCM especially for that era uh, your mind went to Vince Gallant and uh, Claudette I'll, I'll bring you in for a second because I know that you uh, uh, got to work with Vince for a lot longer than than what I did. Yeah, um, I, I I didn't work in the newsroom uh, at the time, um, but yes, we worked together for a very long time, um, especially on the morning show as well. And one of the things um, that I really appreciated about Vince was his sense of humor off the air he could be in the middle of a newscast being serious press another button say something funny to you and then go back not losing his cadence like he he was just such a funny guy and a very nice guy I uh, you can tell too by how many of my colleagues on their own social media pages have their social media pages filled with pictures of Vince Galant but not only that just the pages of the advice that he'd given him or uh, how amazing he was as a person to not only be as a mentor, but also um, to just be as a great listener, too. Um, so people just really appreciated him on so many different levels. I found that he was a very kind man towards me and a very funny man that always put a smile on my face, no matter what anybody was dealing with in the run of a day. Absolutely. And uh, his sense of humor, like, especially so for funny. people who, you know, like, would hear him on the news and you know think oh straight newsman <laughs> but man <No. laughs> like the microphone goes off and like he would have us in stitches with some of the stories that he'd tell or yeah. even like I what I found was that he would just make these kind of like random remarks. jokes really and remarks fast, yeah. yeah and it would almost catch you off guard and then you find yourself just like keeling over in your chair laughing so <laughs> hard at what he said um but yeah one of those iconic voices that uh you know i i think uh, generations of newfoundlanders were able to grow up listening to um and uh we're now going to go uh vocm's brian Medore uh earlier today spoke with former vocm news director jerry phelan uh, uh, to reflect on Vince Gallant and his impact. Tell me what you remember about Vince Gallant. 
it's, it's a funny day today, you know, Brian, when, when I think about the, the anniversary of the, the Ocean Ranger, and it was a day similar to today that I remember walking into the, the newsroom of the then uh, Q Radio on Duckworth Street, and uh, there was the anchor at the time, Vince Gallant, and me, not quite fresh, but uh, a young reporter uh, uh, coming into his realm as he was doing his best along with Baz and, as you know, the rest of our team and trying to tell the story of the Ocean Ranger. Uh, and before I even got the call of Vince's death today, uh, I had thought about that just this morning. That seems to come up every year. You know, Vince was more than a legend. When he retired a few years ago from VOCM, people, you know, talked about him as a legend. Well, that, that was putting it mildly. Uh, this guy uh, was, was one of the most caring individuals and broadcasters, human beings, uh, that I have ever met. Uh, Vince and I sat in the same booth at VOCM for over 25 years, uh, morning and lunchtime, to read that major newscast. With the, you know, good morning, I'm Jerry Phelan, I'm Vince Gallant, and in the news, and off we'd go. And it was an amazing thing in that time period that Vince and I uh, grew as friends, as fathers, as broadcasters, as human beings. And here's what we had in common, and this is what I witnessed with, with Vince Gallant. We never, ever worked for our employer. We worked for our audience. Uh, and that probably was the one thing that kept us, um, I guess, so committed to each other and to what we did. Uh, because our approach was always we had to make sure that we served the audience in everything that we did. And it had to be correct. There was no excuse for otherwise. Vince and I always had the, we always said that the audience might forgive us for being an hour late with a story, uh, but it would be an awful hard to win back their trust if we made an error. And that's the kind of guy Vince Gallant was in life. It's the kind of guy Vince Gallant was as a journalist and as a broadcaster. Um, and so, you know, when you apply those principles and say to yourself, uh, you know, how, how does that work? Well, that's the magic. Just think of all the people he trained over the years, people uh, from me on. You know, I, I, the thing I always credit Vincent with me it was interviewing. I mean, I saw him interviewing like nobody else back in the day at, at Radio when there was a controversy on. I remember a prominent businessman who was all over the news at the time. And and, and anyway, Vince picked up the phone and said, I'm going to call him and ask him. And Vince called and the guy answers the phone and Vince says, well, I'm not going to fiddle around with this. Tell me if it's true or not. Are you selling Atlantic Place? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Didn't and, and he got the story. And then, of course, we had the story. And that's the kind of guy he didn't. He wasn't one for uh, for playing with stuff except with words. Man, what a writer. This guy could, could write and write and he, and he could put things in a perspective, uh, a tight writing style, uh, beautifully uh, crafted for radio. And he taught that to so many of us. And then, of course, he's gift of ad-libbing. I mean, <laughs> Vince might not have a note in front of him, and he could go on for hours. And I saw him do that. Like, literally, you know, our computer would go down. <laughs> He'd be reading, and all of a sudden, there was nothing left. There was nothing in front of him. And he could just go off as if the newscast was in front of him. A part of that might have come from his television experience, you know, uh, because he had a lot of that, too. But but it was it was an amazing, amazing gift, and I got to see it and, and enjoy it many times, especially during live broadcasts. And, and 
I guess, you know, the other thing that, that I always remember about Vince is just his, his sense of humor. I mean, he could make you laugh no matter how bad a day you were having. Uh, in the old days at, at Q, we, we had these tea parties. That's what we'd call them. It'd be breakfast in the morning with uh, John Nolan, the late John Nolan, another great broadcaster, uh, and, and myself, Ron Pumphrey. Um, and, and, you know, Vince would just, like, he'd pour tea as a way to have our news meetings talk about stuff and, and like, have a little thing over his arm as if he was in a restaurant. And, uh, and, and just to break up how bad a morning it might have been with whatever the news stories were of the day, which to me, again, showed somebody's character. Uh, we always talked about, Vince and I, about how much we've been through. It was like going through the, <laughs> going through the wars, right, because we grew uh, with our families, as, as, and even though our age difference was substantial. I mean, you know, Vince was in his late 80s, and I'm in my mid-60s. Um, so there was that difference, but there was this mutual respect, and he never, ever, ever, ever wanted to be in, a man of an ego. Even even when he was winning all these awards, he'd always, wherever it was, stand up and give credit to somebody else, give credit to me, give credit to uh, our newsroom and our news team. And he won the highest awards. Uh, you know, uh, He won the Murrow Awards in the U.S. For, for news anchoring. We had a joint newscast. We won that three or four times. Um, and other awards. And it's, it's a story of achievement beyond any. And I think one of the things that uh, at the time, there, were, there was an effort behind the scenes some years ago to try and get him the Order of Newfoundland. Of course, he, he wasn't born in Newfoundland, but you'd never know that. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he was as, as much a Newfoundlander as, as any Newfoundlander could be. Uh, he loved this place. He loved it so much, ferociously, and, and uh, would defend his province anywhere and, and, and just loved it to a T. Uh, we are uh, a lot better off because Vince Gallant was in our lives and taught so many of us journalists and former journalists the craft. Um, and we are worse off because he's not with us anymore. But thankfully, there are people in journalism today, like yourself, Brian Medor, uh, who Vince helped uh, develop and, and, uh, and teach. And uh, you carry on his legacy, uh, as do Linda Swain and, and many others in the VOCM news team. Uh, and he would be, and is, I know, very proud of, of all you guys do. There you have it. That's former VOCM News Director Jerry Phelan speaking with VOCM's Brian Medor about uh, the late Vince Gallant uh, and uh, his life and his impact. Uh, again, Vince passed away yesterday at the age of 88, and uh, we haven't uh, given permission to share this now. Uh, just to let everyone know um, that... Um, there won't be a funeral uh, for Vince, but uh, in lieu of that, um, the family has set up uh, the Vince Gallant Memorial page on Facebook for people to go and share stories and, and condolences and, and anything that you like about Vince. Uh, that's been set up on Facebook now. So if, again, if you just search up uh, Vince Gallant Memorial page, that should come up there and uh, uh, you can go on and, and share some memories and condolences and, and everything about Vince there. Um, and I know personally how excited I was uh, when I was hired at VOCM and, and of course a, a newbie to, to the radio business but uh, you know I'd been listening for many years and, and Vince Gallant was one of those iconic voices that I would hear every Saturday and Sunday morning uh, in his later years and of course uh, you know throughout the weekday uh, before that and uh, I remember I was so excited because I got hired and I was told all right 
we're going to put you in on Saturday and Sunday mornings as our uh, web editor. And I was so excited because I knew that that meant that I would work with Vince Gallant on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And, uh, uh, you know, in, in the six months that I had before he retired, man, I learned so much from Vince and uh, such a nice guy. And, and like a lot of people have said, such a funny guy. I mean, uh, an incredible sense of humor um, and uh, just what an an impact um, on the journalism world and on the broadcasting world as well. All right, we are now up to a break here on VOCM News Talk. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be speaking with the federal conservatives um, about uh, some information that they've uh, uncovered from La Presse and uh, what they are hoping that the Auditor General uh, and the RCMP are going to do about it. Uh, that's coming up here on News Talk. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. And welcome back to the program. Richard Duggan in with you on this snowy and stormy Wednesday afternoon. Well, the federal conservatives want the Auditor General and the RCMP to investigate following a report from La Presse indicating that GC Strategies, the company behind the, Arri- the, company behind the ArriveCan app, won contracts worth a total of nearly $258 million from the federal government since 2015. The conservatives are calling on the Auditor General to investigate all contracts between the Liberal government and GC strategies to help get to the bottom uh, of what's going on. I speak now with Conservative Shadow Minister for Ethics and Accountable Government, Michael Bear. Uh, well, there's new reporting in La Presse today that shows that GC Strategies, this is a two-person company that's been favored by the Liberal government, but it's revealed that um, though they're uh, supposed to be doing IT work, they do no actual IT work, but they've won contracts worth $258 million, so nearly a quarter of a billion dollars since 2015. This is the same company who uh, received $20 million on Justin Trudeau's Arrive scam. That's that $60 million app that, um, you know, falsely quarantined uh, more than 10,000 people in their homes. And the Auditor General just released a bombshell report about that. But with these new revelations in La Presse this morning that we're not talking tens of millions of dollars, we're now talking hundreds of millions of dollars to this um, this two-person firm who's operating out of a suburban Ottawa home, uh, receiving this massive contract. We're, We're calling on the Auditor General to review every penny, every contract that's been awarded to uh, to Justin Trudeau's favorite contractor, GC Strategies. And uh, what would what do you hope would come out of that? Like, what do you think that uh, what what would the benefit be to doing that? Well, look, the Auditor General report showed that the costs that the government had disclosed about their uh, their failed Arrive Can app, um, they weren't the total costs, and uh, the costs keep going up. There's concerns that um, that more than twelve million dollars that uh, that's included could be cost related. Um, to different programs, not even related to ArriveCan. Um, the, uh, you know, as I said before, the cost for GC strategies on that one project um, have been revised up from $9 million now to almost $20 million. 18% of the invoices submitted by contractors lacked information to determine if the expenses were related uh, to ArriveCan or other projects. So the work that the Auditor General can do, it's, it's professional, it's nonpartisan. 
Um, there's uh, there's a, a requirement for people to, of course, cooperate uh, with her office, and um, and in the arrive can uh, study uh, or audits that that the auditor general just completed some of what she uncovered she reported to the RCMP so so we want accountability for Canadians who are you know lined up at food banks in in record numbers and seeing that you know there's this two person shop uh, collecting you know a quarter billion dollars in in contracts from you know just from their their basement um, so we need we need accountability and uh, and the leader of the official opposition Pierre Polyev has already called for the RCMP to expand their investigation into the arrival can scandal. So um, first things first, we need to know, um, you know, is it just $258 million? Um, is it more? And, uh, and and we need to find out, um, you know, why the government seems to keep going back uh, to, to this company. So that's what you would like to see from the Auditor General, from, uh, from the RCMP. What would you like to see from the federal government right now? And how would you like to see them respond to all of this? Well, look, the uh, the prime minister has been, um, you know, silent on these issues. Uh, the, there's a real lack of of leadership, and um, and you know, frankly, it's concerning when it takes uh, it takes the official opposition who who called for this um, auditor general's uh, report into into a rive can um, the government voted against that um, we're we're looking for basic accountability we're looking for basic ethical standards and um, what we've seen in this case is uh, public servants who are you know accepting you know uh, free whiskey tastings and and other luxuries and excess from um, from contractors who they're allowing to write uh, their own contracts to the exclusion of, of other potential bidders. Um, we're looking for um, for real accountability, and, and that's not something that the prime minister has accepted. And so, um, while while Justin Trudeau wants to hide from this scandal, we're going to bring forward um, these these accountability mechanisms, like um, the auditor general uh, investigating. We'd like the prime minister to um, to support uh, an auditor general's investigation, have his members support that, um, just like we expect and would like him to support and uh, cooperate with the RCMP in the uh, expanded investigation that we're requesting on uh, on ArriveCan. And there you have it. That is Conservative Shadow Minister for Ethics and Accountable Government, uh, Michael Barrett, uh, speaking with me about uh, a report from La Presse indicating that GC Strategies uh, has won $258 million from the federal government in contracts since 2015 when the Liberals took power. Um, and uh, they are calling for um, the Auditor General to step in and have an investigation into all of the contracts uh, that that company has won uh, since 2015. All right, well, we're almost to the end of today's program. Uh, it's still looking pretty nasty out there. Uh, it, and if you, you know, looking at the comments from Environment Canada earlier, it's going to be nasty tomorrow morning, so maybe the kids might get a double snow day out of this. Who's who's to say? So if the gentleman that was called, that there was a gentleman that just called, and he wanted to know what the conditions were like tomorrow, and I looked at the Environment Canada, and I said 5 to 10 centimeters of snow, and he said, so it's not going to be as bad as today and I'm like well it's still not going to be nice because the winds are going to be mm -hmm. up uh, but he asked about schools and I 
said they'll probably make the decision tomorrow morning, you know, so you'll, I guess, have to tune in just after 5.30. Yeah, I mean, and and it's so hard to tell, right? Because Mm -hmm. if the system tracks any bit, you know, one way or the other, or if it somehow starts moving faster, you know, then things might move off quicker. It's so hard to tell. Um, But yeah, based on what we've been hearing, it's it's not going to be a nice morning tomorrow, so maybe the kids might have a bit of luck. I know that was the one thing, like my son, uh, who is in grade four, Mm -hmm. has had a couple in his lifetime so far of double snow days. Oh. Which that was like, that was the holy grail to me when I was growing up. Like, (laughs) there might have been a couple of instances where like we had a snow day and then the next day was like a delayed opening. But we never got two days in a row. Never even heard of that concept. And (laughs) he's gotten a bunch. Not to mention in 2020, Snowmageddon, he got a full week off Right. I don't know. It's uh, it certainly is. I, I guess it's a, a sign of, of things changing. Who knows? But uh, it's, it was certainly never something that I got growing up. No, you know, we were forced to walk, walk uphill backwards with two or three backpacks and raging blizzards. <laughs> <laughs> we still had to go. No, it's yeah. different now. A lot of uh, people are out on the road and they want to be, you know, cautious, uh, especially if they make the wrong call, especially if they have to make that call when the kids are being transported from one building to their home. So, yeah, I don't envy them making that decision at all. No, not, not at all. And especially for, you know, there are so many kids that have to walk to school. Right. right? And if they're just under that, Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, and, and having had to have done it in, when I was growing up, I mean, walking to school in a blizzard, not only is it extremely difficult, especially for, you're talking about kids that are, you know, in grade four or five, mm-hmm. trying to lug their book bag out uh, up, up to the school in a blizzard, but it's so hard. I mean, like, the cars can barely see you, too, right? So it, it's that added uh added problem on top of it as well so so let's hope that uh it's not going to be as bad but we kind of have to prepare for it absolutely and claudette hopefully you get home safe tonight yes, and uh, you too hopefully everybody uh can stay nice and toasty warm this evening we're just about out of time now on news talk uh thank you all so much for tuning in we're going to throw things over to noah shepherd uh in the vocm newsroom for vocm's day in review that's coming up next